Women Taking the Lead, Episode 68. I do feel like leadership in the outdoors is a great experience that you carry into the corporate boardroom or or into any business experience. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nancy Marshall, who started her PR firm 25 years ago. She believes in the power of old-fashioned relationship building combined with the use of technology, such as social media, email, and the web. She holds a BA from Colby College and an MBA from Thomas College. She is also certified as a personal brand strategist. She has two college-age sons, and she enjoys supporting them and their friends in their athletic and academic pursuits. Okay, Nancy, that's just a little intro for everybody. So tell us more about you and your humble beginnings. Well, thanks for having me, Jody, and it's a pleasure to be sharing my story with your listeners. Um, So I grew up in a small town in Connecticut called Bethany, which is a very rural town. Uh, I was in the 4-H and in the church group and took swimming lessons, and I was very active. My mom drove me from one activity to another because she wanted to keep me out of trouble, so she figured if she kept me busy, then I wouldn't have time to get in trouble, which is actually pretty much true. I was always, (laughs) always busy with a lot of activities going on. Um, My father worked for Westinghouse as an engineer, and uh, when I was around 17, I expressed an interest in public relations, and he set me up to go and spend a week in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with the corporate PR staff of Westinghouse, Um, and I had a week-long job shadowing experience as a senior in high school. And that was actually a phenomenal experience for me, and it actually convinced me that public relations was the way I wanted to go with my career, and it really gave me an idea of what corporate public relations looked like. Um, My family actually moved to Maine when I was 17, and I finished my high school uh, diploma in Maine and then went went on to Colby. Uh, But in the summertime, I went to a girls' camp called Mero Vista in Ossipee, New Hampshire, And um, I I actually went there for four summers as a camper, and then I worked there for four summers. And that's where I believe I really learned my leadership skills because um, there was no boys around, and so girls had to be leaders. And literally, that's what you became uh, when you were, instead of calling you a counselor, uh, they called you a leader. And I led a lot of outdoor trips, um, like canoeing, backpacking, sailing, uh, hiking and back and uh, you know overnight trips throughout the White Mountains, and I really attribute my experience at Camp Maravista with making the leader that I've become today. I I so enjoy that, and I think you're you're absolutely right. When you're in an all girls environment, like somebody's got to lead. <laughs> it's going to be one of you or several of you. But you know what? What an amazing experience to have like the outdoor adventure combined with the leadership development at the same time. It really did it positively impact me, and you know I moved to Maine and. I live in the mountains of Maine now and raised my two sons uh, as ski racers. 
And uh, so they're very, you know, accustomed to being out in the elements in all temperatures and weather. And um, I do feel like leadership in the outdoors is a great experience, uh, you know, that you carry into the corporate boardroom or or into any business experience. Uh, I yeah. And Nancy, you've had success in your life. You've definitely come a long way and gained confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, um, when I was in my mid-20s, I worked in the marketing department at a ski resort in Maine. And uh, I actually had an injury. I blew out my knee and I was on crutches and the administration building where I worked at the resort, you know, had all these flights of stairs. And one time I actually, shortly after having my surgery, I actually fell down the stairs and I was sort of crumpled in a, <laughs> in a ball at the bottom of the staircase. And I really shouldn't have gone back to work so soon after my surgery, but I was so afraid, um, you know, that if I wasn't there all the time that I would either be replaced or I would miss opportunities. So I was sort of compulsive about, you know, being in that office building. And actually, <laughs> in that stairwell, um, this vice president of finance, who was a man, I was working with all men, basically, and they all were pretty similar. They dressed the same. They talked the same. They had the same interests. And I was the only female. And this vice president of finance said to me, you know, I hope you don't ever think you're going to become, you know, top administration here because we had a woman once. We tried a woman and she didn't work out and we're not going to be doing it again. <laughs> so not only was I like literally like in the fetal position in pain, but he chose that moment somehow to, to like even kick me down farther than I already had been and just tell me sort of like, you might as well just give it up. But uh, that actually made me so mad. I didn't realize at the moment that I probably could have sued, <laughs> I, but I wasn't litigious. Uh, instead, it just sort of lit the fire in my belly to uh, kind of get even in the long run. <laughs> And, and how did it motivate you? Like, what, what did you put into place that you were able to, to take with you? Well, I learned so much uh, from that experience of basically how not to manage a person, especially a person who was as motivated and committed as I was. I mean, I feel like they should have embraced the fact that I was so motivated, but also helped me kind of to temper my enthusiasm almost. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, when you have someone who really is committed to the job, uh, you need to identify what their strengths are and, you know, and support them in those strengths. Because I think, you know, as I'm managing people now, I try to find what they do well. And if they are not so good at something, I try to find somebody else who is. Because I think people always uh, will like their job more, obviously, or hopefully love their job more if they're doing things that they love to do. And in in my experience, you know, my young experience in my 20s working at that ski resort, I was doing a lot of things that I was not ne necessarily good at, like running the mail room and uh, things that I didn't really like. Um, and 
I feel like if they had put me out like selling condos, even I, I could have, instead of selling 14 cent stamps, which I think they were at the time, I think I could have been selling $100,000 condos. Um, but they just kind of had me in this slot for what, you know, a young woman just out of college should be doing, like running the mailroom. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, Nancy, I was going to say, too, I think when somebody finds themselves in that position, too, I think sometimes we we learn more from our, quote unquote, bad bosses than sometimes we do from the, the good bosses, yeah. the ones we look up to, because we we like draw that line in the sand of like, I am never going to treat somebody that way. Exactly. Another thing I didn't mention is that eventually when I did have my first child, um, again, I, I I I had actually started my business by then, and and that skier was actually my my biggest client. And again, I was so afraid of losing them as a client that when I had my baby, I he was born on a Saturday, and I never took a day of maternity. <laughs> and you know, I laugh about it now, but um, again, I there's no reason that I couldn't have taken some time, but it was all out of fear. You know, oh, I better be there. You know. Um, the, the guy I was reporting to at the time said, well, we need you at a meeting, you know, next Wednesday. So you better get that baby on a bottle. So I did, you know, and, and I think back, it's like, gosh, wow, <laughs> there's no amount of money that could have paid, you know, or made up for the time that I, I lost with my baby at that time. Luckily he's 23 years old and he's a pretty good kid now. <laughs> he's well adjusted. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nancy, what you're sharing brings me back to something one of my guests said to me and it was in our pre-chat. It didn't come up in the interview, but I'm glad you're bringing this up because it gives me an opportunity to share it while we're recording so other people can reflect on it. And she said, you know, when we were talking about Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, and she said there was a quote in that book that like really cut me to the core. It was really and I couldn't finish the book. And I said, well, what quote was it? And she said um, a line. She was paraphrasing a line in the book that read men are promoted based on their potential and women are promoted when they've proven themselves. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, that's been my experience in work. And so I think sometimes that that's why women tend to push themselves really hard because they feel like if they're not constantly proving themselves as worthy, then they're proving themselves as unworthy. Yeah, there was kind of this uh, this sense of com competing based on how many hours you can put in. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it led to, <laughs> you know, you aren't the most productive, too, if you work that many ridiculous hours. And, um, you know, if you're just there all the time at work. So, Again, I learned a lot that I now apply in managing my own people about uh, time management and productivity. <laughs> and we we step on step we're, we step on the shoulders of those who came before us, right? So we will be better, yeah. <laughs> you know, to the to the ones who come after us. Yeah. All, right, all right, Nancy. Now share with us the time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Well, it was actually in uh, July of 2013. I was um, staying at a hotel in southern Maine. Actually, I was going to be going to a fitness vacation for four days to like, you know, try, try to spend some time hiking and getting in shape. And uh, I had a great big, huge suitcase because I had packed way too much stuff. And I ended up falling down the stairs of this hotel where I was staying and I broke my ankle. 
Uh, but actually, I didn't want to accept that I had broken my ankle because I really wanted to go to the fitness vacation. So um, I was in extreme pain, but I, I got up and hobbled my way into my hotel room. But I, I got in bed and my ankle just blew up like a basketball. And when I got up in the middle of the night, I, I, I fell over in, in pain and they called the ambulance. And anyway, it was, it was a bad uh, thing, but it was a wake up call because I realized I hadn't been taking care of myself. Um, you know, it's crazy to think that, you know, you can go off to this fitness vacation and recoup all the fitness that you had lost for, for years <laughs> prior from, from working too much. So, um, you know, at that time, I was 53 years old, but I felt like I might as well have been 103 years old because <laughs> I was just like, I was depressed. I ended up spending like the rest of that summer, six weeks, pretty much confined to bed. You know, I had a really, I had to have surgery and um, I just, I felt horrible. I was depressed. I felt old. I felt out of shape. So it's like, okay, you know, this is, this is my one life and you know, I'm 53 years old and, you know, I'm not going to ever feel any younger. So I really committed myself to health and fitness from that point. And um, I got into road biking and really got active at the YMCA and just really fit fitness. And um, I actually started going to a women's health clinic where I learned about, you know, food as medicine and, and eating what what eating clean really means. I used to go to a, a personal trainer prior to that who used to always say, eat clean. I didn't know. What the, does that mean like you wash your carrots or, you know, what does that mean exactly? And I, I finally did learn that. And so, you know, I've lost 50 pounds actually since then. And uh, I feel, I feel like I'm back in my twenties again. I feel great. And uh, I have so much more energy and I feel so much more vibrant. And I know that it, it has helped grow my business. And it, I know it also helps me as a leader. Wow. There's so much we can talk about in what you just said, Nancy. But one thing I definitely have to point out is I noticed that two pivotal times in your life came after pushing yourself too hard and then falling down the stairs. <laughs> That's funny. I never thought of that. Isn't that funny? I never so, thought of that. <laughs> wow. So that's something to watch for. Yeah, but picking yourself back up. <laughs> yes, and getting super motivated after, you know, in both instances, being a crumpled heap yeah. at the bottom of the stairs wow. and just turning it around. That is <laughs> Awesome. All right, Nancy, what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. So how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I think enthusiastic is sort of a um, an adjective that describes my style overall. And I just really like to show the people that work for me that I support them enthusiastically and I support them as individuals. Um, you know, I never, I have people who are account executives, for example, who, who work for me, but no two account executives are alike. So I try to support them as individuals and I try to give them positive feedback as much as possible, uh, and, and make them feel like they really, you know, have a piece of, of my business. Um, and it's a, gr a piece of business that they can grow on their own. So, um, I think that, I think that the, you know, I have 14 employees and um, 
I think my clients would say that that we're all an enthusiastic group and um, and we really believe in the power of of personal relationships. And that goes not only between us and our clients, but I feel like it's between me and my employees as well. Mm. You know, and I've I've heard the phrase recently that, you know, if you want happy clients and customers, then you have to work on having happy employees. Like that's where it stems from. Well, they're delivering on your brand promise. And, you know, a brand is a promise that you make to deliver, whether it's your personal brand or whether it's your organizational or, or corporate brand. So, yeah, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, you're entrusting your employees to deliver on that brand. So if you treat them terribly, they're going to treat the clients terribly, and and that's no way to grow a business. Yeah, and if they don't think you care about them, they're not going to care about the clients exactly. and customers. So that's that's huge. All right, Nancy, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I wrote a book recently called PR Works. How to Create, Implement, and Leverage a Public Relations Program for Your Small Business. And um, it's available on Amazon.com. And last week, I started uh, making an audio version of my book um, at a studio. And it's going to be soon available on Audible.com. And I never realized how much I was going to love like reading this book out loud. Um, It was because my book not only has like how to do public relations, but it has quite a few little vignettes or anecdotes from my career uh, in public relations. And I just so loved telling these stories. Um, Literally, like at the end of each, I spent two full days recording, and at the end of each day, I was so energized. And now I'm, I'm just so excited about writing more books. So that I, really, I want to record them. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And I've been going through your book, and I'm actually traveling in a couple of days, so it's definitely coming with me on the plane. I want the audio version when it comes out, though, too, because what I find is I've done this with a couple of books that um, because my mind races when I'm reading a book, oftentimes I'll be a page deep and realize I haven't been reading the page like my eyes have been moving, but I haven't been taking in the information. So then so then I have to go back to the top of the page and read it over again. But when I'm listening to it in an audio version, too, and reading it at the same time, I retain more information and I'm able to stick with it. I'm with you. I'm exactly the same. (laughs) And you know what I was finding as I was reading my own book out loud is I kept getting distracted because I was thinking, oh my God, I should be doing that for whichever client. You know, I was thinking of all my clients and, and it was just so ironic that reading my own book was inspiring me so much. That sounds kind of vain, but it just shows, you know, my book contains kind of all the basic tenets that I've developed over 30 years in this profession. And sometimes going back to delivering the basics is what it's all about. And it was just a reminder of that for me. Well, that, you know, that tells me that you're definitely in the right profession, right? Because, and we should be enthusiastic about our own stories. If we're not that interested in our own stories, who will be? Exactly. (laughs) I always wonder when somebody's telling a version of their journey story and it's 
flat and they're just kind of like, yeah, so that's that's how it happened. I was like, are you sure you lived it or are you talking about somebody else's story and you're just not that enthusiastic about <laughs> them? <laughs> or you must be a really boring person. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not sure what's going on with you. We should talk. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, Nancy, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Well, I belong to this national uh, network of agencies called the Alliance of Marketing Communications Agencies. And every six months we meet together in a different place. For example, in about three weeks, I'll be going to Orlando. We're meeting at Disney. And uh, other times we meet at cool places like San Francisco or Montreal. And um, being able to network with other people who do what I do across the country really inspires me uh, on a variety of level, but for levels. But one thing is, uh, even though I have this agency up in Maine, I have learned that what we're doing here in Maine is every bit as good as what other agencies are doing all across the country. So that inspires great confidence. But I also learn from other agency owners how they're managing and motivating and inspiring their employees. So I can bring back best practices from those meetings that I then apply in my own workplace. So I think uh, the networking with peers, but uh, people who I don't compete with, but collaborate with uh, has, mm -hmm. been, has been a real key in my success. Yeah, that, that's really interesting to, to point out because I've noticed it and it must be incredibly gratifying um, because I've been hearing a lot on um, how the made in Maine label, like there's a there's a point of pride in that for Mainers and it doesn't have to just do with products. Like I've also known people in the service industry who have made in Maine pride about what they're doing and it's incredibly gratifying. And what it tells me is that um, the people in Maine really um, focus on quality, quality of service, quality of products. Um, not to say other people in other parts of the country are not, but there is a real culture that here that focuses on that, that anything that ships from or comes from Maine, you know, you can count on it, that it's a quality product. Well, and of course, L.L. Bean is the company that has set the standard as being, you know, a Maine company whose brand is so strong that they have a lifetime guarantee. I mean, you can take anything back for any reason or for no reason at all, and they'll either give you your money back or replace it. And uh, that is such an ironclad guarantee. And 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 also, LL Bean has such a rich story and history uh, that I think that they've sort of set the standard. Uh, and and you know, even companies like Poland Spring too are mm -hmm. strong uh, main companies. Actually, you know, when I have tried to get clients out of state, a lot of times they have told me that. Maine does have such a great reputation and a great brand image that it has helped me build my business nationally. Um, you know, we are known as being honest and having integrity and, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that brand goes a long way really. Yes. And just from my coaching, cause I coach small business owners, you know, whenever the, it's a, it's a product and they're putting words on a label, I'm like, why doesn't this say made in Maine? Yeah, right. <laughs> Like that's, that's a promise. That's a brand like, like use it. It's there for you. You know, your product's quality, let, let that label, you know, you can stand behind that. So that's huge. 
And Nancy, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, you know, the book that I've uh, learned the most from in the in the recent past is by a guy named Jay Bayer, and it's called Utility, and it's Y-O-U-T-I-L-I-T-Y. And it's about how um, the world has changed so much now. You know, in the old days, like the days of Mad Men, a company would broadcast these messages, and it was known as like interruption marketing, like you would interrupt people with your commercial message, literally. And today, I think in business, you have to know your target audience and really uh, be helpful to your target audience to to earn their respect so that people will know, like, and trust you and want to do business with you. So the book um, Utility really does a great job of explaining that paradigm change. And it's it's impacted me to the point where um, I give it to my prospective clients now to read before they start working with us so that they can understand how we're going to be thinking about their marketing and PR. Mm, and that must be incredibly helpful to help educate your clients about the process. Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, sometimes um, clients will say, you know, well, we learned from that book you made us read <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that we really need to focus on the target market, you know, and uh for example, instead of buying advertising based on, you know, the fact that you like the New York Times or you like the Boston Globe or Down East Magazine or whatever, you figure out who you're trying to target and then try to imagine what kind of media that person consumes. So, um, you know, you might not, that person might not even know of the New York Times or the Boston Globe. Mm -hmm. They might read, you know, Harley owners magazine or, <laughs> or some obscure publication. So it's all about focusing first on your target and then what media they consume. And Nancy, what advice would you give your younger self? I think, um, I wish I had taken care of my own needs, <laughs> such as, you know, taking some time off when I had my first child or, um, you know, cutting myself a break. I, I, I was so driven and obsessed, uh, with, you know, getting ahead. And, and I think it was really based on fear that I wouldn't get ahead. And, um, you know, I think that was based on some lack of confidence somehow. Now, if you had asked people that knew me at the time, they would never imagine that I lacked an ounce of confidence because I used to be called actually a human bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like if I wanted to get something done, I was going to get it done. But again, um, I, I I think that I should have cut myself a little slack. <laughs> but take it easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Nancy, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I have this quote from Marianne Williamson, and I'm going to read it. Um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make the manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear... Our presence automatically liberates others. Amen. <laughs> you and I are of one mind because that is the quote that I have for the podcast outro. So that everyone gets that message over and over again. I don't think people can read it enough. I have it printed and up on the wall in two rooms in my home, yeah. you know, to just constantly remind us that we are worthy you know, and that it's our job to, you know, bring our gifts and what we and our perspective to the world. Yeah, the world wants it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I realize it's part of my brand. Um, I remember Angus King, you know, who's our U.S. senator, but when he was our governor, you know, he'd say, Nancy, people love your enthusiasm and they expect it. They, they want it when you arrive in the room. So that you've got mm -hmm. to deliver that every day. <laughs> <laughs> no small feet. <laughs> no, no pressure, right? <laughs> right. All right, Nancy. Lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Well, I have a website at prmaven.com. That's P-R-M-A-V-E-N.com. And my email is nancy at prmaven.com. I've trademarked that term for myself. And um, I'd welcome people to sign up for my monthly e-newsletter and, and check it out there. I love that. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.